0: Now, it's a story of capture, massive deception and devastating human consequences that are still being felt today. And despite a litany of evidence of dishonesty, little has been done to bring the perpetrators to book. It's a story of Aurora Empowerment Systems, a black owned, politically connected business that that started in. In fact, this story started in October 2009 and they made a bid to rescue the liquidated Pamodzi gold mines. Now, former President Jacob Zuma's nephew, Kulubu Zuma, his lawyer, Michael Halley, and former President Nelson Mandela's grandson, Zondwa Mandela, were listed as directors of Aurora. Now, the company promised to turn the mines into a new business that would offer benefits to workers while also expanding into Africa. Now, soon after the acquisition, the first crack started to appear. Now, more than 5,000 workers and suppliers who depended on their employment to keep themselves and their families alive, alive in fact, went unpaid. Now, over the next few years, Aurora Mines uh, managed to strip off assets and, and also made some illicit payments um, that went to families of the connected. While all of this is happening, the workers were left starving. Now, she's been following the story for a long time now, even over a decade, that is uh, Diane Hawker who, of course, delved deep um, to retell the Aurora story. And the book that she's published is titled How to Steal a Gold Mine, the Aurora story. And she joins us on the line now. Good morning, Diane, and thank you so much for your time.
1: Good morning, Wongiwe, and good morning as well to the listeners.
0: Now, it's Workers Day tomorrow, yet I suppose for the workers embroiled in the Aurora debacle, that day will mean nothing to them
1: it's it's quite a sad story unfortunately bongiwe this story is a story of of workers who've been let down by um you know various parts of you know, South African institutions that really should have been able to help them to see justice. With the Aurora story, um, when the the company took over those mines, a lot of the workers went unpaid for several months. They were also owed, um, you know, pension payouts and, and various payments that were owed to them that they never ultimately saw. Um, and also because Aurora didn't like formally shut down or go through any kind of formal restructuring um, it was difficult for some of them to access Uif payments and those kind of things it's important also to remember that a lot of those workers were migrant workers internal migrants and external migrants um who were responsible for families outside of of, of Johannesburg um and and that that effect is multiplied by the people that they would ultimately be looking after mm. you know they say an average mine worker looks after at least four people um in 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 their family but that number is often much more mm. so so it's it's not just those five thousand workers who've been affected but many more people who've had to to see the the ultimate consequence of this Um, the story.
0: Mm, And you think about someone like Susan Ferreira, for example, whose husband, um, you know, took his own life. You think about, you you know, people like Lindile Mam. You think about Santakane Nakulana. These are some of the stories of men that you would have spoken to over time. And of course, Susan losing her husband in this debacle as well. it, It shows that this is a story that goes behind, you know, beyond the huge numbers that we see being thrown around.
1: Absolutely. Um, You know, for the for the viewers who maybe haven't heard about the Aurora story, um, you know, what's what's important to point out is that from the outset, Aurora came in and and presented this fantastic bid while they took over the Palmozi mines um, and it became clear quite soon afterwards, that they didn't actually have the money that they said that they, they would have, that's 650 million. However, they were allowed to continue to manage the mines, um, which were under liquidation. And that's where really the trouble was because even though they hadn't paid for those mines, they stayed on the properties. Um, it became later it became apparent that mm. asset stripping was taking place. Um, and and, uh, and workers were trying to kind of keep the mine afloat and keep it going um, without being paid for their services and then they they ultimately went on strike. Um, the, the, the workers that you mentioned, like Susan uh, uh, Ferreira and um, and um, well she wasn't a worker but her husband was a worker mm. that, that is the actual human cost of this um, because he he actually committed suicide out of sheer frustration um over the promises that were being made out of um you know not being able to provide for his family and to this day she's never recovered from from that and and you know in the time of working on the story I've encountered so many other people that also have never been able to fully recover mm-hmm. from from what happened
0: and 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 Diane you know you talk about this and 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 one thinks about accountability and what it looks like because i mean when one reads your book, it's very clear that there are some who have reservations about, you know, this particular bid that is put forward by Aurora Empowerment Systems. And, but they, they choose to let it slide and allow this to go on. But looking at what then came out in, you know, that inquiry by the master's office, it became clear that Aurora did not have the capability to do this. So have we seen any accountability at all?
1: Um, I think we've seen the limited accountability and perhaps not as 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 it hasn't gone as far as it could have. Um, The liquidators for Pamodzi, for example, they laid several criminal cases over what they found out in that inquiry. And there was also a lot of information that came to the fore. The report from the inquiry at the master's office was given to um, the NPA and to to the Hawks. But we didn't see any real criminal action um, taking place as a result of this, even though you know, the, the information does suggest that there should have been mm. um, more criminal action. And the Hawks did start an investigation into it, but it never went anywhere um in terms of the accountability that we have seen when the liquidators you know went through the various legal processes they were able to reclaim uh, some funds around 20 million from some people um amongst them was kulugusezuma who 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 was um he made an agreement to pay back 23 million he's paid back only about half of that and then there were some of the business managers the, the associates um you know of the aurora directors the bana family and their associates they were also money was also reclaimed from them because the, the the liquidators were able to prove in court that they received payments that they shouldn't have received because Aurora ultimately didn't pay for the mines that it was it was working on. So so in that sense, there has been limited accountability. But certainly, I don't think not to the extent that um, the workers would have liked to have seen. Mm um mm. you know one you have one has to wonder like how do you measure justice and and if the people that are directly affected by something are still um you know left destitute and and, and feeling like the people who, who who initiated this whole process have gotten off scot-free then you know you have to consider is it is that true justice mm. and of course i think it you know it doesn't send a good message um that you know you can come onto a mine, you can make a bid um and say that you've got all this money and basically fabricate a lot of information and nothing happens in the in the criminal sense. Um, and, and I think that's where there's a major gap in the accountability.